0: Proceeds, basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on the water that drips from the boiler pipes into their open mouths as they sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. One day, maybe, they'll escape from the subterranean hell that is the Queen City Improvement Bureau, but until that day comes... The city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. What? Happy social distancing.
1: Oh, more of that. And and welcome to the, the new era <sighs> of city council, sir.
0: Oh, man, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just, the walls are closing in.
1: The, the walls have always been closing in.
0: Oh, Wait, sorry, I literally. just opened my eyes. There's, there's a light. Never mind. Uh-huh. I, I was little. Almost... Feeling so, better now? Yeah. Things are looking up. Good. Um, although you are, you are like a, at least six feet away from me. Mm-hmm. At least. At least. Um, anyway, shall we uh, take, uh, you know, attendance? A let's. Okay. So uh, first attendee tonight, uh, it's Punch LD. Punch mm-hmm. LD. The uh, Jordanian wrestler. Actually turned out to be a warehouse employee from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: His his signature move was the Jordanian drop.
0: That's right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I don't know much about him, but is he here? Uh, no. No.
1: I'm I'm sad. Yeah. He was he was one of my favorite wrestlers. He was the tag oh, yeah. team champion of Kazakhstan.
0: <laughs> That's right. Remember when he fought against Cookies and Cream, the other. Like yeah. the other the other tag team duo, yeah, that was.
1: They great. were jerks.
0: They were jerks. Um,
1: they had a nice name, but they were really jerks.
0: Yeah, well, that, that was their shtick, right? They'd come mm-hmm. on, being all cookies and cream. Yeah. And then they then they'd like kick people in the crotch and and run away and 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 then phone them and gloat from from a waffle house across the street. <laughs> it's really weird, but uh, they yeah. won most of their matches though. Um. Anyway, hold on a sec. I I think. I think I've actually mixed up the letters in, in the in D's name. Just, no. just give me a moment. Just, just give okay. me a moment if we take the... Oh, it should be Paul Duchesne. That's actually me. Oh, nice. All right, so you're, you're here. I can see you there. Okay. Yep. Uh, and uh, the second uh, attendee we have on is uh, Gorm Nadina.
1: No, I don't he's think from, so.
0: He's a traveler from Rigel 5. Uh, he promised uh, stellar wisdom on these engraved tablets, which uh, turned out to be marching band choreography. Oh. A lot.
1: Well, it's hard to get good marching band choreography.
0: It's true. And, uh, you know, they, they thought it was the real deal, but they did a little bit of digging. And it turned out to be another warehouse employee from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. There's something
1: going on in Fort Wayne at that time.
0: There, there was. and uh, yeah, they, 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 were, they were like a tag team of deception, him and Punch L D.
1: Well, Wait. he doesn't seem to be here
0: no um okay this is embarrassing i think i've done it again i've uh, just mixed up the letters and aiden morgan that's you okay
1: you're present
0: so i'm here will mark myself off as present and you too uh do we have quorum
1: we do not we never we seem not. to have quorum
0: no but we always hope springs eternal maybe if we got cookies and cream down for like a you know in, in involved
1: oh the wrestlers i thought yeah, you meant if we started offering cookies and cream people would actually come to visit us
0: well either way either way frankly that's a great idea well anyway. we didn't
1: actually apparently need it tonight because we have a bunch of guests
0: we have a lot i'm i'm actually impressed with uh with, with the like the clear the poll that the queen city improvement bureau has
1: it's a new era of the queen city improvement bureau really
0: it really is new council new almost a new year almost a new era yeah. so
1: we're here with, and maybe going from the top left, Colette, could you uh, introduce yourself and who you're representing at our meeting?
2: Uh, my name is Colette Parks, and I am representing uh, Abrupt
3: Dystopia, a band from Regina, Saskatchewan.
1: And you're, you're accompanied
4: by Shana?
3: Hi, I'm Shayna Stock. I'm also with Abrupt
4: Dystopia. And Jory? Hi, I'm Jory Kishane, and I'm also with Abrupt Dystopia.
1: Now, what do you guys play with this band? So I need to know what your instruments are, so I can like understand what type of people you are. Shana,
3: sure, I play keys. Cool. Yeah. Oh, fancy.
4: Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. Colette.
4: Uh, I am super
2: rammy, so I play the drums. It fits me great.
4: And Jory, what do you do? Hey, um, I play guitar. Right on. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's fantastic. Now, I understand that, well, first of all, you guys are a very civically minded band, but I want to talk to you about that in a bit. But first of all, you didn't come together like the normal bands, like you weren't, I don't know, drunk at a bar and said, hey, let's form a band. You weren't at like a a Velvet Underground concert and said, hey, we can do this, too. Uh, Shayna, how did did you guys end up uh, coming together?
3: So we were all participants in Girls Rock Regina, which which is an amazing uh, organization that brings together usually uh, girls and non-binary kids, um, children in the summer for a camp and puts them together in a band. And by the end of the camp, they have learned a little bit of an instrument and can play a song together. And so we did the adult version um, about a year and a half ago and we were all thrown into a band together not really knowing each other beforehand Um, none of us had really any or that that much experience on our musical instrument that they were assigned to us and we learned an instrument in a weekend we wrote a song and we performed it in the weekend.
1: Uh, Colette you learned to play drums in a weekend?
2: Yeah, actually, the teachers are so good that I just learned everything just really super fast. So it was pretty cool what you can do as a Um, (laughs) grown-up. Your brains are so plastic when you're old. (laughs) You can shove more things in there because they're so big, actually.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, no, no, it was wild. I mean, I some people in our band had done some musical things, but I have never touched the drums before in my life. And they taught us enough to, you know, get through our song and uh, a bit more and yeah. And then, you know, we talked about the instruments that we play, but I wanted to mention that Shayna writes a lot of the lyrics for our music and Jory writes a lot of the, the music, the melody and stuff. And those are really important roles in our band. So I (laughs) wanted to mention that too, because I am not a poet (laughs) uh, at all. I'm Rammy. So I do the drums and then other folks do other things.
0: But but we all know that hitting things with sticks is the most important part of any band. It's the loudest.
2: And apparently I am like... People wait for me, so I like you. Sort of, I thought the singer was the boss. Maybe I don't know, but no, it's the person in the back. It's the drums. So it's <laughs> uh, it's been a really fun time, uh, really learning and growing a lot for sure.
1: Yeah. Cool, uh, Jory. <laughs> had you ever played guitar before you started this?
4: Uh, yeah, I did actually. Uh, I've played guitar um, for a little while, but I've never been in a band before, and my guitar uh, skills usually never left my bedroom um so yeah I was a bit of a closet guitarist yeah but no more
1: how did you feel taking like that like I would think that that step from guitarist for yourself to guitarist with other people is terrifying and strange how did it feel for you
4: Yeah, it was definitely terrifying. Um, Not to mention, like, the 60 other women at the camp uh, who I had no idea who they were. Um, But the cool thing was, like, the organization, Girls Are So Great at, like, making everybody feel, like, welcome and create this, like, really lovely safe space where you can be super vulnerable um, and really put yourself out there and no one's, like, going to laugh at you or make fun of you or anything like that um so that's really nice that was helpful for sure and um of course my lovely bandmates are all like amazing people who are just super kind and and open and awesome so that helps too it's good to have like that um compassion so that you can feel a little vulnerable who knew that rock and roll was so vulnerable i didn't
1: Speaking of vulnerable like Shayna at the end of all this then you have to go on and with just like you know days of musical training and a chance to like write your music you then had to like perform in front of like I saw the video it was like a big crowd uh, like bigger than what you would normally get at a rock show in a town like Regina like what was that like?
3: Yeah, it was a big full house at the Exchange, and it was exhilarating and scary and fun. Um, the crowd was, I mean, it was a lot of our family and friends, so it was extremely supportive. Everyone wanted us to do well, and yeah, I think we had a lot of fun. Um And yeah, I I don't know. I had performed before as a just as a poet, as a spoken word artist, but not together with a group of people um, playing music. So it was a very new experience for me. And the crowd was just awesome. And I felt way less nervous uh, at the end of the set than I did at the beginning.
1: Uh, Colette, and yet you guys went on and continued to be a band. Uh, How did that happen? You're a real band now, you not know, just like
2: a camp band. <laughs> well, yeah. camp bands are legit, but yeah, no, we did, uh, we did um, continue on, which I didn't expect that we could or would, but we all, that was something we were interested in. Uh, and then, Um, And that we had the time to do because it's it takes up a lot of your time and trying to coordinate five people um, to get together and and jam is actually really hard, you know, pre-COVID times. Uh, But yeah, we uh, and. And we had a couple of funny opportunities and fun opportunities uh, to play the song that we wrote as well. Because we wrote a song about the Capitol Point hole. And then I think it was the next weekend we played that song beside the Capitol Point hole (laughs) at an event that somebody else had put together that somebody I didn't know. So, yeah, Regina is a funny little community and I love us so much. And so, yeah, we just kind of kept doing some things. So, and we've written a bunch more songs now and have gotten, we've gotten grants uh, from the Sask Arts Board. I want to make sure that I get that right. Yeah. So uh, the, not just, you know, our friends and family and the Girls Rock community, they've all supported us, but, uh, you know, the broader arts community and the Arts Board uh, has supported us, which is really meaningful in a, in a, you know the whole point of girls rock is that there aren't a lot of girls in rock and roll. Um and so uh creating that space and has yeah really meant a lot to all of us for sure. So and we're not the only camp band anymore. There's others that have gotten back together too. Uh mm-hmm. and some of the um and are playing songs and some of the uh coaches have their own band as well and are you know have music out on band camp. So yeah it's it is really so great. It, it's really amazing that this, this group, because it, it didn't just
1: create a bunch of like uh, adult bands from when you guys got together, but there's like uh, a mass of like kid bands that it generates, mm-hmm. like every year that it gets together uh, that then like, and they're like, you know, girl and non-bi- non-binary kid dominated bands going out into the, uh, the musicosphere. Um, so, but, uh, Jory, like, do you think that you shred harder than these little kids who go and do the camps?
4: Oh, oh, I don't want to make anyone upset. Um, no, I don't think I do shred harder than them. <laughs> I want to like- say yes, but I just, I don't think so. But like when know. they're,
0: when they're practicing though, do you show up with your guitar and say, this is <laughs> pathetic and then like shred? <laughs> and, they, and they run off crying? Because, I mean, we wouldn't judge you if you did that.
4: I don't. I, I've not yet, like, um, embodied that, like, rock and roll star persona. <laughs> I'm working on it. But I'm I'm definitely not at that level yet, for sure.
1: We've had, we've played some of the kids rock uh, bands that have come out of uh, uh, yeah. girls rock. And uh, I've been to a, a girls rock show, and it was just like the little kids camp. Uh, those girls freaking shred. <laughs> they
2: shred hard they're super legit they're yeah. they're legit they're legit in that moment and some of them have gone on to have solo careers <laughs> like legitimately playing solo shows in coffee shops in Regina. um the whole thing is super legit and also super adorable um and just beautiful
3: sorry i think there's something about being 12 that allows you some kind of inhibition that I do not feel as a 37-year-old <laughs> that I'm trying to unlearn. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's exactly. an advantage there, I, I feel. <laughs>
1: uh, I should mention that we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, tuned into the community. This is the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're talking with Shana Stock, Colette Parks, and Jory Kasheen from uh, Abrupt Dystopia, the band. So the first time that I saw you guys play was at that show next to the Capitol Point uh, well, it was a hole back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is no longer a hole. But uh, Shana, you're the lyricist I hear. What moved you about Capital Point and, and the hole that we we had from it uh, to, to write a song about that?
3: Um, well, that was the song that we wrote during camp. And we had kind of discussed as a group, a few different possible topics. And um, I can't remember who it was who brought up the Capitol hole, but we all had a story about it. It immediately kind of inspired this whole conversation about, yeah, like my daughter watches it from the second floor window of her daycare and is super fascinated and, and just all these personal connections to this like major feature of Step downtown for the last 10 plus years and so yeah that's what we went with and we um it was really fun like it was a really kind of felt like a, a nice lighthearted topic in a way to be able to write a first song about um so I basically took like it's the lyrics are all bits and pieces of people's personal stories that they shared or personal perspectives that they shared in that first conversation that we had as a group and um yeah, and I, I also just feel like there needs to be more songs about municipal politics.
2: <laughs> we actually wrote a second song, and it's about um, roadworks. So yeah, about which? Yeah. About road, where we, it's called Zipper Merge. So um, yeah, so we we didn't write any more songs after that about municipal issues uh, so far, but the <laughs> first definitely
1: um does zipper merge do you think that it will like finally like clear up this problem like will people like is it an instructional song that teaches people how to zipper merge, or is there more to it
2: it it is yeah i know it's um you know take my hand i'll show you how um it's yeah it's a beautiful sort of pretty love song that also helps you get home because we
0: want to just get home so So does when but does it contain the lyric when you've got the urge you've got to zipper merge does does it have does it rhyme urge with merge that's, that's
2: no. all I
3: really need to know. missed opportunity maybe next time <laughs>
2: <laughs> that'll be in the deluxe extended edition potentially or a remix we should talk about those mm-hmm. yeah
1: um what other kinds of stuff are you guys writing about
4: that's um, a jury question i think yeah um yeah what do we write about i mean I think like just lots of the very common topics of songs, you know, like love and broken hearts, um, some political things, um, pretty political band, actually, um, which I wasn't expecting to get into. I'm not a super political like thought person. I don't think about it too much. Um, Yeah, I'm but I want to say this is like, okay, Shana and Colette, maybe you can help me. Who sings who has that good time Charlie song? Do you know the one I'm talking about or maybe Oh, is, it, is that Slow Down Molasses or is no, Deep Dark Woods. Deep, yeah. Dark Woods? Deep Dark Woods, Okay, so that that's like part 1. Our song is like part 2. It's about the whole. And so I am just going to throw this out there that we need a band to write a part 3 to this saga which is about the parking lot.
1: I think that's true. Well, what do you yeah. guys think about that? So this came up on December 2nd. And I mean, this like changes the entire tapestry of the city. And I think it like, uh, it, you know, sort of changes the context for your music as well. That uh, it, it seemed almost inevitable from the day that uh, Mayor Fiaco of the day said, yeah, Plains Hotel is coming down. We're going to put up something awesome. You kind of knew it was going to wind up becoming a surface parking lot, right? And so we went from Plains Hotel, bulldozed, big hole for years. And now council just voted to put a three-year temporary parking lot on that site. What like How do you guys feel about that? What's, what's your response to, to council ruining your hole?
3: I agree with Jory. I think we need a new song from another band about the parking lot now that it's in its third and maybe final phase. We don't know. It It's very... Seems very possible that it will just always be a parking lot from now on. Um, I feel a little sad that our Capital Point Hole song, that the subject matter of that song is kind of gone now, and yeah, feels like the end of an era.
0: Well, it felt like when you sang that song at the at the actual hole that you were sort of singing, you were singing goodbye. Like you could you could feel you could feel its soul sort of departing on, on like the. The sounds of your song.
2: It's true because it I think it was part of a K Thanks by. Uh, event or maybe that maybe it was like the second part of that you know know, has come up a few times right Um, I'm excited about having you know when we played our show beside the Capital Point Hall you know we would like to play show on the Capital Point parking lot so we're really excited about the infrastructure (laughs) that's going to go in there we can plug our amps into the parking stalls there instead of sort of through the alley that we did the first time Um, so you know Silver linings, but yeah, not super pumped personally for this for this parking lot, and did you say for three years? I thought they just approved it for one year?
1: did I say three years? I meant one
2: okay, good, so okay, yeah. so just one year it's still, but then they're going to probably want to try and extend it and this is this is the issue
1: well, yeah that's that's the thing they have uh coming up this year there's going to be a thing called the uh downtown temporary surface parking lot policy, which is basically it was uh was the downtown improve- business improvement district that suggested. And Councillor Flagel, who's no longer a councillor, moved it. And administration is coming back with it uh, early this uh, next year. And it will basically lay out the rules for it. Like if you want to tear down a building downtown, here's how you put a surface parking lot there. And it's for between, they, they were saying like up to three to five years for a surface parking lot. So my theory is that magnetic capital, the people who are buying the Capitol Point lot are going to get their year. And then when that's done, there'll be this policy and they'll go to city council and say, you owe us four years of parking
0: lot. I was saying the great thing is that if you have like a concert on the parking lot, it can be a drive-in concert. We could all pull up and park in the stalls and just pay for
3: parking. Yeah. I love that idea. So summer 2021 abrupt dystopia in the Capitol Point parking lot you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You
0: know,
2: I was hoping we could maybe put a building there or a park, but a parking lot contains a park, I guess. So when we can entertain it up <laughs> for a little bit here.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like as a an artist and a poet, the the whole inspired a lot of imagination and visioning and kind of um hope for me, I felt like there was so much possibility with that hole for some reason. A parking lot feels a little less inspirational, but now that we 've battered around some ideas, I feel like I'm getting a little more hopeful about this new development. I
1: feel sad because when you guys were playing there when you when you looked in the hole, it had been there for so long it had become its own like biome, and there was. There were pigeons living down there and there was like grass growing and uh, like, well, nature always wins. Right. And we we just destroyed that whole chunk
2: of nature that we created in the middle of our town. You know, I had I had just been to um, the Grand Canyon and the Hoover Dam. Mm like just a year before we did, we wrote our song. So I have a really nice selfie of myself in front of the Capitol Point Hole, And it's part of our history. And I'm glad to have been a part of that history. You know, for a little while, the Leader Post and some CBC articles would reference and a band even wrote a song about the Capitol Point Hole, And that has made me really happy that uh, it lived on for a a little while there in, in people's memory. What's next for
1: the band? Do you guys have any big plans? And are you doing anything like are you, are you getting your music out there uh, with COVID?
4: Um, we're actually we're getting together uh, coming up this weekend. Of course, it's not super easy for us to get together because of COVID and we want to make sure we like maintain the proper distances and such. Um, but we are getting together this weekend at the exchange, which is a lovely, uh, almost like a haven. For artists during this whole thing I've heard of lots of people going there shooting like documentaries and videos and stuff like that so it's pretty cool Um, so we'll be there and we're working on some songs we got I think we're up to like eight or nine songs now like we're getting up there we're almost ready to start recording for an album but until then I hope that our recordings can go up on our um, band camp check us out there so what is your band camp address? Um, Shana?
3: <laughs> um, it's just Abrupt Dystopia. Uh, I don't know the exact address, but Abrupt Dystopia is the band name. Oh, you can oh, find that. it. Cool. Yeah.
2: One more thing I just wanted to mention was, I just wanted to, uh, mention our other bandmates, Sophie, who's our singer, Sophie Carteri, and, uh, Charity Marsh plays bass. And Charity, uh, and a lot of other people created a short documentary about girls rock, which did end up featuring our band quite a bit. So we did record our songs so that it can go into this little documentary. So, and if it weren't for COVID, that would have been premiered and people would be able to see it, Um, but it hasn't happened yet, but there's definitely, there's so much creativity in the individuals in this group. Um, And so it's been really fun uh, so far like the amount of stuff that we've accomplished in just like this really short amount of time. So yeah, who knows what's coming next.
1: Okay. Well, thanks a lot for joining us uh, at this meeting. I really appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for
2: having
4: us. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks so much.
1: Okay. And I thought we would play our way into the innovative revenue tools with a little bit of Holy Disaster by Abrupt Dystopia. Innovative revenue tools.
0: Paul, I, I had this dream. I, I had this wonderful but terrifying dream, like a genuine rock and roll band came and talked to us.
1: Not possible. Is this, who, who, what rock and roll band would come hang out with us?
0: It, I don't know. It was just like this. It was like this badass all woman rock and roll band, and they and they told us all about their their process.
1: Yeah. No. The, the best we could hope for is some post rock instrumental group.
0: Okay. Yeah, that that sounds they'd, more like our speed.
1: They'd come down here and noodle on their synthesizers and guitars for you know half an hour.
0: And wear sunglasses and not not even acknowledge us. Stupid post rock improv bands.
1: I hate them. What do they
0: think they are?
1: Uh, so uh, we've got
0: uh, more things, more things yes. on the agenda. I mean, it never stops around here. Things keep happening.
1: Well, eh. uh, we have that new council.
0: Yeah. How, how about that new council, huh? Still Luther. got that new council smell.
1: Um, I mean, those are the reports, right? Like, you can't actually, I can't actually go to city council and smell them because of the COVID rules.
0: Right. But I mean, you, you, you assume that, you know, they still have that, you know, that sort of like that off-gassing naugahyde smell.
1: Yeah. We, this is
0: the first time we've
1: met since we got our new council. I know, and, that's true. Uh, So I guess we should go over like who they are and what we've learned about them. Uh, We've got for ward one, we've got Cheryl Stadnuchuk beat Barb Young. Yes. That's a a big change because Barb Young hadn't just been a city councilor since, you know, uh, for like three terms, four terms. Uh, Mm -hmm. She'd been a a school trustee for years and years and years and years years before that. Uh, Ward two, Bob Hawkins, uh, the Hawk managed to like hold his seat against uh, many challengers.
0: Flew down and, and and grabbed the uh the trembling gopher of victory, carried carried it off in his in his talons.
1: Uh, ward three, uh, Andrew Stevens. I don't think there was any surprises there. He managed to hold that seat. Ward four, of course, uh, hotly contested. Lori Brishani. Uh We were the first to call her uh, winning that spot, though. True. Uh, Ward five is uh, John Findora has stayed. Ward six, we have Daniel LeBlanc. This was like, I think, a big upset uh, mm-hmm. where uh, Daniel LeBlanc defeated uh, Joel Murray, who, by all accounts, was a very nice guy. Well, we've had him on the show. Wait, very really nice no, guy. This
0: guy. Yeah.
1: And I think he was, you know, a fairly well liked uh, city councilor, but he got pretty thoroughly beaten by Daniel LeBlanc.
0: Well, anyway. I heard. I heard- I heard Daniel LeBlanc actually like like Joel Murray he longboards, but he had like this even longer board with flames painted on it on the deck. Oh, yeah, and you can't it's... really compete against the like uh, flames on your longboard.
1: No, that uh, you kind of knew when you saw Daniel LeBlanc boarding down the street that it was all over yeah, for Joel. Exactly. Ward Seven, Tarina Shaw uh, defeated uh, Councilor Bryce. That was yes. uh Again, Councillor Bryce, long-time councillor. Uh, I think she started in 2002 or 2005, somewhere in there. She uh, first got on city council. So she had been around for a very, very long time. And, uh, yeah, defeated by Tarina Shaw. Ward 8, uh, friend of the show, Shannon and yeah.
0: viral Collective co-founder, if I recall.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Ward 9, Jason Mancinelli held his seat against uh, Catherine Gagné. That was a close race. Uh, she, a uh, high-profile candidate up against Jason Mancinelli, mm. and uh, he squeaked it out though. No
0: nope. I was going to say, uh, Jason Mancinelli managed to beat the, uh, the controversy swirling around him that he might be a cyborg from the future. Yeah. Like that yeah. his mild-mannered demeanor might actually be covering up the fact that he is a killbot.
1: And, you know, this is one of those things where the polls were just wrong uh all of the polling suggested that people weren't ready for a killbot uh a revealed killbot on council yeah. but you know so many things have gone in 2020 the pollsters were wrong everybody evidently not just in this election but in all elections they're good with killbots
0: yeah the, the whole the whole killbot the tide of killbot opinion shifted
1: yeah, everybody's okay with killbots. They want their mm-hmm. killbots in in everything.
0: Yeah, they want they want them in the restaurants, they want them in their homes. I've heard people marrying killbots. It's it's a whole new world. I'm not I'm not
1: really ready for this. I have gotta say that the whole killbot thing is one of the signs that, you know, I'm getting old. Like, you know, the young kids maybe they're okay with killbots, but in my day there were no yeah, killbots.
0: Yeah, they were they were here to like destroy humanity. To pave the yeah. way for the machines. And yeah. suddenly that's not a thing, apparently. No. We had murder machines, but they were, yeah.
1: you know, they weren't quite so brazen. They were a little bit more behind the scenes doing their murders.
0: Yeah, and they, were, um, they, were, they, they had actually traveled from, from the past. So they, they were generally slow and often coal-powered. And yeah, clockwork, uh, a lot
1: of clockwork,
0: a lot of clockwork. So pretty easy to like deal with. You just had to like find a key or just cut off their coal supply yeah. Uh, and they would overheat or wind down. But, yeah. Water
1: uh, was good. Yeah.
0: Exactly. They would rust quite a bit. Kill bots, though. They seem to have uh, integrated well into the community.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be generations of killbots.
0: living in harmony with, with humanity.
1: And then there's ward 10. That's the last one. No mm-hmm. killbots. Uh, But a Landon mole. Right. In War 10. Not Mm -hmm. actually a literal mole, though.
0: No, no. Well, not that we know of.
1: I mean, it's just his surname.
0: Yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be the scandal, though?
1: It would be, yeah, if his ancestors were moles.
0: Yeah, or if he himself were a mole in disguise.
1: You'd think he wouldn't go with the name mole, though.
0: Ooh, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, like maybe he's an owl who's trying to throw us off the track. By saying he's a mole, owls aren't actually that bright, contrary well, to popular belief. So that's yeah. the kind of thing they would do.
0: And I, and I have seen him, like I have seen him, um, uh, I have seen him uh, throwing up small pellets of uh, bones mm. and fur. So that that lends some credence to the whole owl theory.
1: It does. The next time I see him, uh, if if I get a chance, uh, I'll just call him Landon Owl and make like it's just a, a slip of the tongue and see how he responds.
0: Or we could put on an elaborate play about uh, owls, like disguising themselves and ascending to like municipal power. And uh, and like, it'll be, it'll be like Hamlet. We'll watch for his reaction.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's our new city council. Oh, and of course we have a new mayor. All right. Sandra Masters.
0: Wow. Not mole, not owl, not Kilbot. but a human Sandra Masters.
1: So she has the last name that says, Um, she's going to, she's headed for higher office.
0: That's right. She's not Sandra Servants. She's Sandra Masters.
1: She chaired her first city council meeting on December 2nd. And it was so strange because I've been going to city council meetings since 2007. Uh, so that would have been the waning years of Pat Fiacco, headed straight into the Fougere years who had also been on council forever before that. So to have someone new, that new, occupying the mayor's chair was very, very different. She has a completely different energy about her than Fougere had or Fiacco before him. Uh, Much lighter, much more jocular. Uh, I think part of it is that, uh, you know, first day on the job, well, first day, you know, on the hosting a council meeting job. Right. Uh, everybody was really happy to be there. She was really happy to be there. Um, I'm sure that in time, everything will revert to being like just a dreary slog. For this brief period of time,
0: was everybody was
1: la- Yeah, everybody was laughing. Everybody was like happy to be doing things. Uh, she was, you know, no surprise. She didn't have, you know, decades of experience on council. So she wasn't as... Uh, you know, clear about the rules of procedure and how things were supposed to go. So there was a lot of like uh, back and forth between her and city clerk, Jim Nickel. But that was good. Like, and I mean, she did, she, she exuded confidence and competence and um, the meeting went off without a hitch. I enjoyed it. It was, it was nice to see this new energized council uh, taking control.
0: So a new, a new day for, for the Queen City.
1: Yeah. And they're actually back to meeting in Henry Baker Hall. Uh, They had been working from home throughout the uh, COVID times, but they now have uh, plexiglass partitions between each of the seats and um, they were masked. Oh, other new things. There were new, new things. Uh, Sandra Masters started the first council meeting with a land acknowledgement. This is something that previous councils, they would do this for special events or for um, like if they were making an announcement about something coming to the city, they would start with a land acknowledgement, but they wouldn't before every regular meeting and they wouldn't have a land acknowledgement before like press announcements and scrums and stuff. Also uh, Sandra Masters has retired the honorific of your worship. So she's going to be called uh, mayor masters uh, when she's the chair. So you direct your questions through mayor masters. And so there'll be less of this through you, your worship used to be uh, uh, something that you had to throw into everything you said.
0: Oh, this sounds, this sounds like, it sounds kind of exciting. Yeah. I like it.
1: So uh, we are on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. And we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Just about this new council, before we uh, move on to anything else, they did, We, as we talked about with uh, Abrupt Dystopia, they did make a big decision. It was the third reading on the bylaw to turn Capital Point, the, the lot into a parking lot. It was kind of dramatic in that this report had come to before council like months ago uh, with the old council. And it got to the point where the bylaw was made. They had approved the idea of having a parking lot there. The uh, bylaw was written. It came to council in October and they voted on it. And there was a councillor uh, Stevens, councillor Hawkins, uh, councillor Fendura. Um, they all voted against this. And uh, councillor Hawkins fought very, very hard to not turn that site into a parking lot. He argued that, you know, we can't, there's no reason, they've given us no reason to trust them. It's Magnetic Capital, is a mortgage company. Uh, they were one of the debtors uh, that... Uh, Uh, Fortress Realty owed money to when the uh, Capital Point uh, site fell through. And so by court order, they're given like first kick at the can to buy the lot. Uh, But they had put in a caveat saying, well, we're not going to buy it unless you let us make a parking lot. And they said, we have a development plan to counsel. But they wouldn't tell anybody what their development plan is. But they said, you give us a parking lot. Just trust us here and we'll buy the lot, put in a parking lot for one year. And then we'll, we'll unveil this amazing plan that you won't be able to believe how awesome it is.
0: Well, in fairness, I think if, if the last 15 years or so has really taught us anything, it's that we should trust um, large out-of-town corporations with lots of money on, on what to do with that piece of property. Absolutely. Because the results have been stellar so far. It, it's
1: produced so much creativity in the city, really, like abrupt dystopia. Where would they be? if not for Fortress Realty, completely cocking up Capital Point. True that So council approved the idea of putting a parking lot down there. You, Despite Councillor Hawkins saying, you know, if we just leave it be, eventually it'll be ours. We'll be able to like take it over for non-payment to property taxes mm-hmm. and then we can develop it or we can sell it. And we'll have control over it. But council was not swayed by that. What they were swayed by is that as soon as magnetic capital takes over that site, they owe the property taxes on that site that are passed to and will have to pay the city $2.8 million right away. Uh, When the bylaw came to council in October, it got to first reading, second reading, but they did not vote unanimously to go to third reading. So you can't do third reading in the same meeting as first and second without a unanimous vote. So they had to wait till after the election. So everybody was like, hey, third reading, it could fail on third reading. And we've got six new, six new people on council. So there were some people thinking that this was going to fail on third reading, and the parking lot was not going to happen. Especially since Findura, Hawkins, and Stevens were the remaining councillors who had voted against the parking lot.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think so it's hard the- to say no to 2.8 million dollars.
1: Right, and so they did get. They got five votes. They got the. They got Hawkins and Stevens. They also got Daniel LeBlanc, uh, Cheryl Stadenchuk, and who's the last one? Shannon's the Kidniak all voted against the parking lot. So they needed one more. Oh, so and Findura had voted against it, and then he flipped. He said, "Now nah, you know, I think we need to have more trust in this city. We need to trust more.
0: So I'm going to vote
1: for this parking lot."
0: What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Fedora. I, I find that to be a perplexing statement, but okay.
1: Yep. And then we lost our so then we lost our sixth vote. But then Jason Mancinelli got up and said, "You know what? I voted yes last time. I'm voting no this time because Magnetic has not brought forward enough so that we could trust them to pull this project off. We needed more information. They wouldn't give it to us. Right. So it was they're like, they
0: yeah, they're kind of sus, as as the kids say these days. Is that it? Sus, sus, suspect from from the game Among Us. But when the vote was called,
1: Mancinelli flipped back, and that was it. Everything fell apart at that point. Mancinelli wow. voted in favor. Uh, new councillors, Landon Mole and Tarina Shaw, both voted in favor of the parking lot. John Fandura, as I said before, Laurie Bershani she had voted in favor last time. And Sandra Masters, our new mayor, voted in favor of the parking lot. Yes. So this was our big chance to say we're going to stick with the vision of the official community plan. Parking lots are not allowed downtown anymore, but they decided to go with the temporary parking lot.
0: Yep, visions and plans uh, tend to uh, crumble in the wake of... Uh, on, you know, the promise of unpaid property taxes.
1: This vote was kind of a, uh, it presages how a lot of votes are going to go with this new council. I think we're going to see a lot of six to fives. I think people like Mancinelli, probably Landon Mole, maybe Trina Shaw are going to be the deciding votes between like the progressive wing and the other wing.
0: I wonder, I wonder actually about uh, Mancinelli. If uh, maybe, maybe there's like a short and it's killbot wiring that's causing them to flip back and forth.
1: Yeah, parts. because I thought what killbots did is killed things, like, you know, killed projects.
0: Exactly. And you can't kill humans anymore. You have to kill, like, ideas and projects and initiatives. So maybe we just
1: need to get him in and, like, you know, little adjustment, a little tweak to yeah, the, to the wiring.
0: Get them sent to the shop.
1: So, well, anyways, that is uh, pretty much caught up on city council. Uh, they made a few more changes at that council meeting. Uh, they decided to change up the committee structure. So there's only going to be an executive committee, which will take over uh finance committee. There'll be a, a community uh, operations committee, the operations committee, which will include, uh, which subsumes the duties of public works and uh, the community and safety committee, the old one. Uh, The Mayor's Housing Commission has been done away with, and uh, it will now be the Community Wellness uh, Committee, and it will also consider things like mental health, addictions, um, basically uh, a lot of sort of like social and wellness factors that weren't being sort of looked at by City Council will now be part of this new committee. The Priorities and Planning Commission has also been gotten rid of, and that has now been bundled into Executive Committee, along with Finance. Uh, yeah, so it's a more streamlined uh, calendar. They'll only be meeting, uh, they'll be trying to only meet on Wednesdays. So the mornings will be for committee meetings and then the afternoon will be when they have their council meetings. Also council meetings will now be two times a month, same for executive committee. Uh, uh-huh. So hopefully uh, instead of six hour meetings, we'll have three hour meetings. Although something tells me is instead of you know one six hour meeting a month, we're gonna have <laughs> two six hour meetings a month. Okay, so that's about it. Uh, oh. For sort of like council agenda items, I did want to talk about a a Christmas movie, if you're up for it.
0: I'm up for a talk about a Christmas movie anytime.
1: Uh, So last year I saw a Christmas movie and it got me thinking about urban, uh, like issues around, uh, you know, how do you build a community within a city or a town? And here's the thing. I cannot find the movie again. So I can't, I couldn't go back to check my memories of this movie, but here's what happens in it. There's a journalist who goes to a small town and he's writing it's either an article or a book about the most Christmassy town in the country.
0: I'm going to guess it's an article because these movies, it's always an article that they have to write. Cause there's a deadline to get that, get that article in.
1: Yeah, you could be right. And yeah. And he was from the big city. He was from New York and he was coming to this small town. Right. And so this small town wanted to be declared the most Christmassy village in all of the, the nation. And so, uh, the whole town had like devoted all of their energies to making themselves as Christmassy as possible. And so a lot of the movie was um, a woman who I think was like uh, either the mayor or some kind of official in town was taking this guy from Christmas activity to Christmas activity. So like ugly sweater making uh, competition um, making ornaments out of pine cones uh, painting stuff And over the course of, and he didn't like Christmas and she loved Christmas and the town loved Christmas. And over the course of him going from uh, crappy craft to crappy craft, they fell in love. And he declared this town the most Christmassy. And there was uh, her, she was a widow. She was a widow and she had a kid who was cute. And she also had a dad who was an actor who was like kind of semi-hunky in the 80s or 90s. And that was just kind of an old man. Apparently, this is like every Christmas Hallmark Christmas movie.
0: More or less. I mean, they're they're always. They're, I mean, there's always a town that's really, really Christmassy. There's always, and they're always trying to get someone, usually a big city cynic, into the spirit of Christmas. And they don't want to be in the spirit of Christmas, but at the end, they find love and Christmas. Although I think <laughs> it's never religious. They ne- they never find Jesus, but right.
1: Know, well, I guess what bothered me about the film, though, is like what kind of like hellish life is it for all the like tertiary and like, well, all the bit characters, like all these people in this small town who've been like seconded to all of these terrible Christmas crafts every yeah. day for a month. Like how awful must your life become when this like this mad woman, the protagonist <laughs> of the film, takes over your city and and like forces you. Like an, a wicked taskmaster to turn your city into like the perfect Christmas village.
0: And my guess is that they have to leave their jobs, lose their incomes, and probably just have to eat like expired like military rations for at least a month. And
1: pine cones.
0: And pine cones. Yes, you have to sort of non pine cones, and draw sustenance from the sap.
1: So what I'd like to see is like a Christmas movie that was like the Christmas uprising,
0: the Christmas <laughs> revolution.
1: Where all these like people are being forced to like you know work in the ugly sweater mines, uh, <laughs> rise up <laughs> Sees and the
0: take means the of city production. back over. Se- Se- Sees the threads of production. Yeah, and we've uh, and we have a glorious utopian sweater. Do do you see a connection between this like Christmas centered like subsistence economy? Can we apply that to the Queen City in any way for to improve it?
1: I think I mentioned this to you before. This, this reminded me of Grey Cab. How, like, mm, yes. so much of the city, when the Grey Cup was coming, so much of the city was, like, turned towards this, uh, you know, this, this objective of making, like, the best Grey Cup ever.
0: The Grey Cup in this town in all of Canada. Yeah. Ryderville, as a matter of fact.
1: Yeah, and everybody drives around with, like, trucks with, like, I, I'm a citizen of Ryder Nation. And
0: mm-hmm. setting yeah. up this shadow government based on kicking an oddly shaped ball around. Yes.
1: Yeah. I actually, uh, I went to see... uh 310 to Yuma at uh, the Golden Mile, the night <laughs> the Grey Cup was played here, and uh, when the when the riders won, and uh, the staff of the Golden Mile, I was the only person who came to watch a movie that night. I think I was like they, they just despised me because they all wanted to go run out on the uh, the Green Mile, but uh, they had to like they had to show me 310 to Yuma.
0: That is a weird coincidence because I actually went to see a movie at the Southland. I don't, yeah. I don't remember what the movie was though, but I, I went to see it and I walked from the Southland back up, to, back up uh, to, you know, to home and yeah. uh, through, through the celebration and a little girl high-fived me nice. on the Albert street bridge.
1: Did you, did you feel like you had the rider spirit at that point?
0: When, when, when I got high-fived by a little girl, I was like, I get it. I get the writer spirit now.
1: Yeah, see, I never my heart never opened up to the uh to rider nation.
0: It it's it still it kind of grinched grinched itself shut. Yeah. That's yeah, we need a holiday.
1: It. We need a holiday for them, like ridermas or something like that. <laughs> right? <Ride, laughs> yeah. Or riderween.
0: <laughs> ween I don't know. Oh, both sound pretty good to me.
1: All the, every year we can celebrate their many triumphs.
0: Yeah. We can. By losing constantly,
1: we could just storm um, up and down Albert Street.
0: We could, you know, we uh-huh. could go around like throwing footballs down people's chimneys or something for Ridermas.
1: <laughs> and then we could make a Hallmark movie about the magic of Ridermas.
0: I think that'd be great. Yeah. Now you are aware that just today, uh, Lifetime announced its collaboration with Kentucky Fried Chicken.
1: I saw that. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, you watched it, is- I'm assuming.
0: No, it, it's it's on the 13th of December.
1: Really okay, like, what's it called?
0: A Recipe for Seduction, starring for... Mario Lopez as Colonel Sanders. Oh, my God. So I think we're going to get like a sort of a telenovela-style KFC romance.
1: Are, are, have we reached like the eschaton of culture at this point, or is this?
0: Uh, somebody suggested that... Well there, you, you can't because there's always more variations on the form. So somebody suggested that other fast food outlets were going to get in on the romance movie uh genre. Somebody yeah. uh, recommended like um uh Burger King Throne of Love.
1: Nice. And uh, my favorite Ooh.
0: was McDonald's Down to Clown.
1: That's good. That's good. I was <laughs> going to suggest tip. I was going to suggest Hamburgle My Heart. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, that's good I like that I like that just as much
1: he, all right. he thought he was anyways, burgling
0: hamburgers but anyway yeah.
1: anyways we're out of time we're totally out of oh. time oh all right. I'm sorry
0: that's alright shall I uh, shall I move to adjourn
1: I second that motion uh,
0: let's adjourn you've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau 91.3 FM CQTR community radio tune into the community your host of Paul Shen Morgan music book and L.A.K. Like Godwire uh, you can find us seven days, Thursday evenings full and 3 uh, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on Monday mornings, or is it
1: three, three p.m. now?
0: Three p.m. No. Yeah. Monday afternoons. Uh, coming up next, we've got oh, of course, uh, thanks to Dystopia uh, for uh, for the guesting on the first half of the show. Coming up next, Miracle Cabaret, followed by the Cockpit, the musical, on through the night. See you around. Keep Goodbye.